Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Dustin. Welcome back. If you're returning, and welcome if this is your first time. This is episode four today. We'll be talking to Rhiannon about uh, mental illness. But before we get to that, I want to uh, uh, clarify. Episode two, it's, it makes it seem like I'm still with my with my ex. So this uh, episode two and episode four were recorded before like like a ways back. So it's not really time wise in order. Um, I think from this point on though it will so after episode four from five on will be uh pretty much more in order with where my life is today but you know i had to uh you know i've been planning this thing for over a year and putting pieces together here and there you know in my in my in my spare time so that's kind of just kind of how it got done uh going forward um the sound on episode three, I felt was a little bit too, the recording level was a little, the gain was a little too high on it and I apologize for that. Hopefully in this episode, we will, uh, we will have fixed that issue. Well, at least in this part, uh, the sound quality in the, in episode four actually is, is pretty good. I don't, and I didn't use, I used a, uh, a more, not modern mixer to do it for the phone interview and I think I'm probably going to switch back to that because my H4 or H6 uh zoom uh and the mic that I use for doing um oh what is that uh Skype interviews so it it has a it has a, a a hum in it or some 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 noise in it and that I don't really like so I think I'm going to go back to that uh, old school mixer for the phone interviews with a USB interface. Anyways, so as always, uh, if you get anything out of this podcast, please rate it. You don't have to review it, but I mean, at least if you can give me a rating, you just, if you, if you don't know how to rate, just scroll down, you know, in, in the library, once you, you know, hit on, on the uh, nowhere to go, but up. Uh, uh, cover art in your library then you scroll down till you see some stars and just tap it tap whichever star you want to give me it's that simple um yeah so and then any comments questions good or bad topic request anything you want me to see you can email me at nowhere to go but up now at gmail.com uh, don't be afraid to send me your stories, uh, dating stories or stories of struggles. Um, those are all, you know, what this podcast is about and I'm always willing to, uh, you know, share with other people, other people's struggles. You know, that's like, I believe that's how we learn. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at nowhere to go, but up now on Twitter at, but up now and Facebook page is Sean Dustin. The podcast page uh, from my host, which is Libsyn, is nowhere to go but up now dot libsyn dot com, 
and you can leave comments uh, on that page as well. And I do have some other episodes uh, that I'm probably not going to release. Uh, it'll I might throw them on Patreon. Uh, one of them or, or two of them are with uh, my friend Elise talking about dating. And one of them is with my friend Jeremy, and we were talking about uh, stuff from the past. You know, me and him were, uh, we've been friends for over 10 years, and he taught me how to do some of the carding stuff. And so we were, we had a conversation about some of that and, you know, sort of where both of us are and, and how we met. And it was, it was a pretty funny conversation. So I think you know, cause I need to start generating some sort of, uh, you know, money coming into this thing, you know, so, you know, cause right now I'm funding all the stuff from the equipment to, uh, just everything. And where I'm falling short I, is marketing. I don't, you know, social media marketing to, to me is got to take so much time, but I want to, like I said, try to bring an intern in here and somebody who knows how to do that. And, um, I'm probably gonna have to pay him something. So if I could get uh, a Patreon going and help kind of facilitate that uh, with the costs, then I think that uh, that would be a good one. And then I just throw all the personal, you know, things from my past. I, I plan on talking to one of my uh, ex, my ex-wife, actually, you know, so you could tell her story. And then, you know, we'll probably talk a little bit about our relationship and, you know, stuff like that. So, anyways, enough of uh, housekeeping. Let's get to episode four with Rhiannon. What's up? This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. I'm your host, Sean Dustin. We are here today talking with Rhiannon. Hi, Rhiannon. How are you? You there? I'm good. How are you? Doing, yes, do, doing well, I'm doing good. well. I'm doing, I'm doing well. We've had a, a couple of uh, uh, minor technical difficulties here, but we are back on track and uh, we had a start, but we're going to have to start over. So I apologize for that, Rhiannon. But we were talking about mental illness. That was uh, what you're struggling with, correct? Correct. And it was hereditary, you said, right? Correct. And so tell me about it. What what's it like struggling with mental illness? I mean, I've know that I've I I don't know that I've experienced mental illness myself. I mean, I know I go through a little bit of depression here and there, you know, if you know, I just feel like every you know, it's one of those things that that it could it could be taken either way, you know, but it just it, it's something I never really thought about a lot because it never was that bad, you know. You just you have a down day and you're like, all right, well, pick yourself up and uh, let's try again tomorrow. And obviously, for people that are struggling with mental illness, that doesn't go go away. Yes, that is correct. Um, you know, and as I was saying before, our technical difficulties, but, you know, there is a correlation be between nature and nurture when it comes to mental illness. And, um, 
no matter whether you're struggling with it for a small period of time or if it's something that, you know, it plagues your existence, you know, um, for a long period of time or through a lifetime, um, you know, it's, it's never any less valid. Uh, feeling depression and anxiety can be um, a natural state of the human condition, especially with the environment that we live in and things that we go through. And, um, but for the difference between, you know, having periods of depression and having, you know, mental disorders, you know, the severity and the intensity is, is much different. Um, and, you know, the length of time, um, you know, seems to be more prevalent. Um, so for me, I struggle with uh, chronic clinical depression. I have OCD. Um, I have psychomanic disorder. Um, I also have border, you know, small amounts of borderline personality Um so for me, um, now that I'm older, I think that things have become better. Um, I definitely struggled more as a young child, um, obviously, because I didn't have the wisdom that I do now. And I definitely, you know, it was it was hard because even though you're a parent, you know, that has the same hereditary issues and you've experienced them, everybody's situation is different. You know, depression, I was talking about it with my friend today and, you know, Depression, it's hard to describe. It's more of like a soulful ache. Uh, everything, every cell in your body just seems to chronically be in some form of pain. Um, you know, you have physical correlations between the mental disorder and your your body starts to react. Um, for me, I have to sleep a lot to be able to combat these things because if I don't sleep properly... Um, obviously my energy level is very low. My focus is gone. Um, I start to have thoughts, not necessarily of like suicide, but, you know, I'm definitely not in a positive state of mind. I'm not productive. Um, you know, I'm more likely to overeat or self-medicate those kinds of things. Um, with anxiety, um, that kind of wraps itself in that. I feel like that's the, the worst part for me out of the disorders that I've been diagnosed with, I think my anxiety is definitely the worst. Um, it's ranged from blackout panic attacks to self-medicating addiction, you know, uh, odd behavior and just doing things I wouldn't normally do and not being able to calm myself down, not being able to hold down jobs or relationships or friendships, um, And it's scary because a lot of times for anxiety, um, you can kind of get like hallucinations. It's very hard to determine what's real and what's not. And reality becomes this skewed mess. And, you know, you feel really alone. You feel like your every hair on your body seems to be standing up. And like there's just a needle in every pore of your body just constantly on fire. Um, you know, you, you know in your head that your mind's like, you're fine, you're fine. But your body is having a physical reaction and then your mental um, state starts to become starts to interact with that as well and so it just escalates itself and so panic attacks can be very hard to control um, and you just feel like you have you have no power over your own life and that your brain is basically just trying to run you into a brick wall over and over again and like you have no say in your own existence and your own day and when you wake up every day, like you're at the mercy of your own, of yourself and what mood is, or what is my anxiety going to let me do today? I mean, there's even memes about it online. Like, okay, well, anxiety, what are you going to let me, you know, do today? 
and some days it's worse than others and there's never really a reason for it whether it's just your serotonin level was lower or higher or something happened the previous day or something in the water but it just feels like you're completely out of control and with that when you know when society doesn't understand you or you don't have a proper support system it can be actually just really really uh, a detriment to you know to yourself well this is actually something that i can speak to not that i have personal experience with anxiety myself but my ex-wife she dealt with anxiety like hardcore to the point where i mean it controlled her life like you're saying she couldn't go over bridges because she'd have a have an anxiety attack. She couldn't go on BART. Well, she could go on BART, but she couldn't go under the tube. And it would, it was really difficult to hold a relationship with her because I want to go out and be spontaneous and 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 go explore the Bay Area. Go do this. Go do that. Go have fun. Go here. Go there. And it was not like that for her. She couldn't just do that. If it if it was outside of of her comfort zone or her her routine, it, it it really screwed with her. And I remember once we were driving back from God, I don't know where it was, but we came through where her mom lived in Manteca or somewhere over there. And she was having an anxiety attack on our way there. And I just, I remember looking over because we're driving or I'm driving and I look over in the passenger seat. She's white and just holding on to the, to the, the door handle and then holding on to the arm, the armrest, like her fingertips are dug in. I'm like, what is wrong? What, what's going on? And it's very it's it's hard for somebody who's with somebody like that that doesn't understand what you're going through because you feel helpless yourself, like you feel like, what can I do for you? What what? And there's nothing, there's nothing you can do. Yeah, it, it you know, and I you know, for me, my husband says you know the problem is is that you're the patient and the therapist because. Like I had, you know, when I answered the, you know, kind of the previous briefing questions, you know, I, you know, I've been dealing with this a long time and, you know, I've always had this driving force to survive. I mean, whether, you know, it's, it's God for you or if it's evolution or whatever it is that keeps you going, um, there's just something that would never let me give up and, I know what those panic attacks are like. I was trying to hold down a full-time job and my anxiety got really bad because definitely, like I said, environmental stress can really definitely escalate things. And so if you don't watch your stress levels in daily life, which seems pretty easy for other people, you wake up, you eat breakfast, whatever your routine is. But when you have anxiety, even a routine doesn't seem to help. Um, and that's why people start flicking off on lights on and on and, they have to have things a, a certain way or, you know, for me, when I get really stressed, I, I obsess about whether doors are locked or the window is, you know, locked. And I, you know, I know that I checked it a thousand times, but if I don't check it a thousand more times, I'm in it just, it's just repetitive of just nonsense that your brain just can't seem to understand that the door is locked and everything is fine. 
And if you're not in tune with your emotions and what's truly bothering you, um, you know, these, this door checking or, you know, finger tapping or whatever that your, your anxiety ritual is, you know, those things are going to continue to escalate. And so knowing yourself and knowing your emotions and what truly is bothering you and what is causing this anxiety, whether it's irrational or not, you have to ask yourself this question, like, what am I truly anxious about? Am I anxious about feeling abandoned? Am I anxious because I feel like somebody's going to break into my home? Um, is this a result of trauma? Like, have you been sexually assaulted and you feel like you need the safety of having, knowing that your doors are locked because that makes you feel safe? You know, you have to really, really, you know, dig deep and really try to resolve traumas as much as possible. Because even with hereditary issues, you know, we all go through trauma too. And those definitely correlate between each other. And uh, that's what's gotten me through a lot of it is, is just knowing myself. And it's been, it's been a long road, especially when you have borderline personality. Um, I don't truly understand the whole borderline personality thing um, because it's not like multiple personalities. It's not like I have, you know, some seven-year-old, you know, little girl or something talking to me. It's not like that. It's just not really feeling like you have a sense of like a a consistent identity. You know, every day I look in the mirror and sometimes my, my hands, they don't feel like my own, my eyes. When I'm looking at my eyes, I don't feel like I'm looking at myself. I feel like I'm looking at somebody else. And that disassociation is, is terrifying. And so like with your ex-wife in the car, you know, when you feel completely separated from yourself and that, lack of control and, you know, the synapses in your brain are just firing off and you can't breathe and, you know, everything else to everybody else seems fine. But to you, your fight or flight response is is telling you like, hey, something's wrong. And, you know, like I said, you know, mental illness needs to be treated as any other disease. You know, you can have heart disease, you can have a stomach intestinal disease. Like, why can't you have a brain disease? And, People think you should just be able to talk yourself out of it, but that's not the way that it goes, especially people with schizophrenia. I, I mean, my heart goes out to those people because it's basically like you're just on PCP all the time. Um, you know, everything's like a, a lifelong LSD trip, you know, and so you see these people talking to themselves and you're like, "Ooh, that's scary. And it is, but, you know, that's the reality for them. And as much as my mental illness has plagued me, things could always be worse. And finding catharsis and, you know, being able to relate to other people um, is very important and comforting as well. But a lot of times it is very easy um, to fall into patterns of really pulling yourself out of society, especially one that doesn't seem to understand you. Um, But finding those good people in your life and good friends and, family and even, you know, if your family is toxic and knowing when to cut people off and have a boundary for yourself, you know, you have to protect yourself and, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> I could go on for a while, but. Oh, I'm, I'm sure yeah. you, I'm sure you can. Um, the, I, there was one thing that I, I think in the beginning of what you wrote that talked about the doctor that, uh, that kind of basically just wrote you off and said that she'd be dead by like, what, 30? Uh, yeah, so she said that I wouldn't make it to 16 and that if I did make it past 16, that basically I would be like a prostitute or, you know, I'd have drug problems and I'd basically just, you know, be a POS, you know, and 
obviously she wasn't the nicest person. And, you know, obviously we didn't go back to her, but, you know, I've been through numerous therapists and I know, you know, in hindsight, I felt like my mom was just trying to torture me and, and fix me for, you know, her own well-being. But, you know, now that I look at it, I know that she was just doing the best that she could, especially knowing how it feels because she also struggles with, you know, you know, a lot of uh, similar mental issues as well. Um, but yeah, so when they basically just told her like, Hey, so, you know, if she doesn't kill herself, you know, cool. But, you know, she's basically not going to have like a very good life and she's at a high risk for, you know, this kind of behavior. So just be prepared for that and basically just take her home and hope for the best. And, you know, if she kills herself, you know, don't be surprised. And I'm just like, well, great bedside manner, but you know, and these are things that I heard because my mom's always been very honest with me. Um, you know, I've always been more mature than my age and having to grow up fast due to, you know, my dad's death, um, you know, just the series of events in my life that sometimes we just, some of us have to grow up faster than others. And I don't know. Sorry, this is a, this is a very emotional conversation for me. So excuse my deep breath, but Hey, yeah, no, um, no worries, had, no worries. He had, tested, he had tested my brain chemicals because, you know, you can you can take blood tests and stuff and, and run some tests to really, you know, t- test the receptors in your brain and things like that. He, you know, he's basically like, she really just doesn't really make any of the chemicals that she really needs to regulate her mood, how she's waking up every day and going to school and making good grades. And he's like, you should really be happy that your daughter's as functional as she is and listening to this and going through it and feeling just depressed and out of it in that moment you know it it I think a lot of in hindsight now that they think about it it really helped to hear those things because it was like you know what screw you guys I may be depressed but you know what I'm gonna do better than that so being 26 now almost 27 and uh being married and having my own house and you know, doing the things that I do, I've very, I've impressed myself. So I've overcome a lot of adversity um, with my mental illness, with, you know, the way that I choose to present myself and everything like that. And sometimes I really freaking surprise myself. And that's a really good feeling. And although I still have really bad days, and there's days where I literally want to scream from a cliff and potentially jump off of it. Um <laughs> I mean, I'm kidding, you know, I have gallows humor, but, um, (laughs) you know, we all have those days where we want to curse the wind and just fight everybody. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, I have very good friends. Um, you know, my mom has come a long way with our relationship and although losing my dad was, um, an intense, an intense experience in my life, especially at such a young age. Um, when you impress yourself, especially when you've come from, from that, um, a great feeling and I hope that people who are listening to this that you know if you ever do contemplate suicide that you know we there are always going to be here people people are going to be here for you and we love you and we could be strangers but you know you are always welcome in my home you are always welcome to talk to me um you know open arms open hearts and uh you know let's be there for each other because I've been at that point where I've had a gun in my head and I never want that for anybody ever, whether it's in the moment because you're having a hard time at work or you're going through a divorce or whatever it is, whether it's hereditary or not, you are valid as a human being 
and you deserve to have your feelings and your emotions validated and seen and heard and to have that support and allow yourself to have that support because it's sometimes it's hard to ask for help. Um, you know, for me, I'm very independent, but I've come to terms with it. Sometimes you just need to stop being stubborn and just let people help you. It doesn't mean that you're weak. It doesn't mean that you're less than. It means that, you know, we all need help sometimes. And I ain't going to tell nobody, you know, you everything that you tell me is in confidence and I'm not here to judge anybody. I'm here to love, you know, love everybody that I can and love myself. And like I said, love is the universal language. And sometimes, you know, it may not be tangible and, but we're, we're sentient beings that deserve nothing but understanding. And we live in a cruel, cruel world, but it doesn't mean that we have to treat each other the way that we do. No, no, I agree. I agree. I, uh, you know, I have my own my own anger issues that I deal with, and and you know, addiction like you're saying, uh, nurture not uh, nature nurture. Um, there's a guy, I think I heard him on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast. His name is uh, Johan Hari, and he's got some pretty interesting opinions on addiction and the nature versus nurture. Um, mm -hmm. way of dealing with it and how in some of these other countries that they're having good successes with, uh, with nurturing the problem instead of shaming like they, they do now and put people in jail and incarceration mm -hmm. and all these other ways of dealing with it that are failing and haven't produced any results other than a higher and I can't, this word is hard to say. Recidivism, recidivism rate, which means coming back, <laughs> back and forth. Um, and you know, I just, I don't know. It's it's really just to to be an American right now. And I I, I had an it wasn't really an argument, but not to get off the topic. But I'm kind of bouncing here. Um, and you know what? I'm I'm just gonna wait. We'll, we'll touch on that in a second. Um, how okay. does your how does your uh, how does your husband deal with it? I mean, is it is it hard? Like for me, it was it was it was hard because I didn't understand, and like I'm not a very patient person, so it just it would yeah, yeah. it it it's not it 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 didn't help, it didn't help at all. Mm -hmm. You know because it just. It, um. You know, it, it's really difficult. I mean, everybody's relationship is going to be different. You know, compatibility levels are going to be different. Um, for me, like I said, you know, because I'm the patient and the therapist, as he says, you know, I do handle a lot of my own issues. But there was a time when I was working, when I started working full time. And for some reason, you know, I oh, I just had started Prozac, which is um, I had, you know, I've tried a lot of different medications. And I decided to try Prozac because it's like the oldest on the market or whatever. And, uh, you know, medication's not right for everybody, but I'll get into that. But for me, you know, um, I came to terms with it was something that I, I needed to, as a tool, not not as a crutch, but as a tool to help me, you know, have a better quality of life. And I wasn't on medication, and I didn't feel like, for me personally, I didn't feel like it was fair to uh, 
allow myself to act the way I was and having my anxiety be out of control when there were things that I could do to mitigate it for my for myself, for my own well-being and for the well-being of the people around me. And it's not to say that, you know, I'm a burden to people and that, you know, these people shouldn't be here for me or, you know, something like that. But when your spouse is watching you, you know, basically flip out and they have no recollection or any idea of how, how it is to feel this way, they can only understand so much. You can try, you can read every book, um, you know, do whatever you can to try to, to try to be there with them. But, you know, like I said, you, you know, you don't have, sometimes you just lose patience for it, you know, and it's understandable. Like for instance, with my dad, he's severely bipolar and, you know, my mom loved him very dearly and tried to be patient with it. But if you're not going to take the responsibility for yourself and your own mental well-being and you're coherent enough to know there's an issue, you know, that's not right to, to put that on somebody else because ultimately you are responsible for yourself. And there can be people there to support you, but they're not there to live your life for you. And so, you know, do the best that you can and and go from there. I mean, my husband, like I said, he tries to calm me down, but, you know, he gets irritated too because he's like, how many times do I have to tell you? Like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. But for me, in my head, no matter how many times people say it's okay, if I don't feel like it's okay and I can't tell myself and believe that it's okay, it doesn't matter how many times you say it or how many different ways you say it. And so, you know, this is where, you know, personal responsibility and self-love really comes into play and allow people to support you and help you, but you really have to make that effort for yourself, for your own life and your own quality of life. Have you uh, ever been hospitalized? I have not. Um, you know, I, and I, I am surprised. I mean, but for me, I've never, I've never really had an, an I'm not bipolar, thank God, um, you know, because that was definitely, you know, up up for grabs, you know, in the genetic pool between my mom and my dad. And bipolar is very rough because, you know, as long as Prozac has been around and all these other medications are coming out, I feel like bipolar has definitely been left on the back burner. Um, and that's really not right because that, that really messes with people. And that's where you get this mania and you get people bouncing off the walls and, doing really crazy stuff and they have to get locked up and, you know, sedated because they, you know, they can't function in society. And it's because we are not providing the proper tools and access to them to be able to help people in those particular situations. But for me, I have never experienced, you know, anything crazy like that. Um, I, you know, never had any issues with self-harm. I don't know. I mean, like I said, people go about things differently. Some people feel better when they cut themselves because they feel the release of pain and the pain is kind of designated to another, like a physical, you know, aspect to it, you know, that takes away from the mental pain. And, you know, I totally understand why people do the things that they do. Um, But, you know, I am very lucky that, you know, that's not something I ever felt that I needed to do for myself. And, you know, I hope that people who do, um, feel the need to self-harm to, to relieve that pain can find a different avenue, um, a healthier avenue because you deserve, you deserve more than that. And, you know, things are temporary 
And even though this is something that I have to deal with, you know, lifelong, you know, just try to find happiness where you can and so that you can find the relief outside of hurting yourself and so that you do not get hospitalized and that you can have a free and healthy life. Um, But yeah, um, I have had a boyfriend that I said, you know, I was with for a long time. Um, He did get 5150 and I went in there with him and it was, it was really sad. It was really scary and it gives you a lot of perspective. Um, You know, there was a guy, I guess, in there that was screaming and trying to fight all the nurses and the nurses came running in with like, you know, what seemed like a 10 foot needle to go, you know, subdue him. And that was really hard to watch, you know, and I never want any, anybody to go through that. I mean, we're all humans and to watch, to watch that, that kind of devastation and that level of, disassociation and lack of control of your own life is, is devastating to watch. So no, I have not, but I, my heart goes out to the people that, that have. Yeah. I couldn't imagine what it would be like. I mean, I only have an idea of what the movies make it out to be of what it would be like in a place like that. But I mean, I, you know, it's just any, any time you're having to be put somewhere, against your own will is never a good thing. Right. And, you know, you you want to give people the free will to decide for themselves, but, you know, at some point when they're a danger to themselves and society, you know, there's there has to be some kind of intervention. Um, you know, obviously we do not do the best that we can. We do not have, you know, enough facilities for the amount of mental illness that there is and um, for the for the you know, the demand that is needed. And I think that we are doing better. I think there's been, you know, great movements, you know, on social media and as much as, you know, the crap that millennials get, I mean, we are definitely bringing the issue of mental illness to the forefront, you know, because that does tie in with politics. It does tie in with gun violence. It does tie in with things that are relevant to us in this time. And you know, it's a, it's a, it's a domino effect. And so really, you know, a lot of the issues we have in society and globally are at the root of it is mental illness. And what you're saying about nature versus nurture and rehabilitating people. I mean, yes, we're in a prison state. Um, We'd rather just lock people away and, you know, treat them inhumanely rather than take the time and the resources to rehabilitate people or at least give them a safe place to be and, you know, give them, an, you know, if they can't function in society, their brain just isn't going to allow it that, you know, they at least have assisted living and that, you know, they aren't a danger to themselves in society. But because, you know, the powers that be, the 1% is sucking up all the money and they want to go use it for, you know, to go warmonger and play world police when we're over here crippled by, you know, depression, anxiety, OCD, schizophrenia, bipolar, I mean, whatever it is. And addiction ties into that too, because the you have the addiction because you're trying to medicate something deeper than that. And addiction, um, you know, is seen as a disease in which I absolutely agree with. So why shouldn't mental illness be as well, right? But mental illness, you should just get over it. I've had people seriously tell me to my face, hey, well, oh, you have depression, you have anxiety. Well, you know what? Maybe you should just like, you know, just talk yourself out of it. And I'm like, you know what? That's a really great idea. I never really thought of that because I really love to struggle. I, I love this. I'm enjoying it. And you know what? You've really saved my life. Thanks so much. 
you know, and I know that those people probably in some jaded reality think that they're helping, but that just shows the real lack of understanding. If I could get over it, I would. Yeah, I don't, I I wouldn't necessarily say that. I mean, I can, I'm, I'm thinking about what you're saying and if I were going to try to make an analogy, not an analogy, but a, like a, of what I would think it was, is with the addiction, you can see the, you can see the damage in the wake of, of an individual. You can see that what they're doing is having an actual effect on their life. Be it they're right. losing their job, they're doing this, they're stealing, they're going to prison, they're going to jail. They're you know it's it's the symptoms are are very very uh, vis- visible. Versus mm-hmm. when with mental illness or with people that have anxiety, you know, and I've and I've been you know I I'm guilty of this with with my ex. I would just always, I would start seeing it as like, you're just, really? Come on. You're just using this as an excuse because you don't want to go or this or that. You know, because we can't see it. You you just got, you have to take somebody's word. And I just, you know, people trusting people is really difficult, especially in these days. Yeah. No, no, nobody, nobody trusts anybody. Nobody wants to open up to anybody. Nobody wants to talk to anybody. Everybody wants to be in their space, uh, whether it's, you know, social media, this, that, the other, nobody wants to take risks. And, And I just, I think we've gotten so far away from who we are in humanity as humans mm-hmm. in in what we need to be together you know it's not it's not isolation you know and i and i had this conversation with an individual not too long ago about back in the day when you know we got together in tribes there was a reason for that because you know we cooperated we got a lot more done together You'd sit around the fire. You'd talk. You you know the the whole village would raise everybody's kid. It was not. It wasn't a. It wasn't so much. Uh, you know, if a kid, it, 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 oh, your kids doing this or doing that. No, I mean everybody would just if some some kid and it wasn't yours was doing something wrong. You would whoever was closest to him would would deal with it. And we're we're getting further and further away. I think with social media to what it really means to be a human. I absolutely agree. Um, As much as social media is, you know, it's fun enough. I mean, there's a duality to, to this very existence and, and in every aspect, because everything that we're supposed to learn in this life is about balance and, you know, seeing both sides of things, but still being able to stay reasonable. Um, And we definitely are lacking a lot of humanity, but, you know, like I said, we we are very young um, in the cosmos. And as much as our egos want to tell us that, you know, we're, we're it, 
you know, no, we, we need to do a lot better and we need to take personal responsibility. When you take personal responsibility as an individual, you lead by example. And then, you know, again, the domino effect. But nobody wants to ever admit that they're wrong. Nobody ever wants to admit that they need help, that they need support. And so we're all supposed to suffer in silence and then it just builds resentment and it builds tension and it builds this hate for each other. But we need to love each other. We need to have unity, um, you know, for the growth of our, our, ourselves and our species, um, you know, to protect ourselves and protect our hearts. And we we deserve to live on our own free will, you know, obviously without hurting other people. But we have a lot of problems in this in this world and there's a lot of issues there's a lot of serious issues there's wars still going on there's things happening in Syria there's you know all across the world there's still yeah. bad bad things going on i you know i don't know about you but a lot of the things that i listen to and a lot of things that i read everything ha- is, is cyclic all right Life is cyclic. Everything on this planet is cyclic. It happens in cycles. And we need to be worrying about what the next cycle is going to be that could possibly take us out. Because we're not going to be here forever. You know, the, the exactly. life, life on Earth has been been wiped out, I think, I, I want to say, what, four times? Maybe five that we know of? I the dino, the dinosaur I I'm not going to to speak on most of it cuz I can't talk about it intelligently cuz like I said I I'm no expert on anything. I just regurgitate a bunch of shit that I I listen to on other podcasts and maybe <laughs> and maybe write down. And hopefully the the you know the the podcast that I'm listening to is is reputable enough that they'll have people on there that you know are are factual. So what what uh, do you listen to any other yeah. podcasts or um, no I don't um you know when I reached out to you I, this was definitely something new to me um I listened to this podcast at night of this guy that basically just you know kind of just talks to help you go to sleep which is interesting but um no I mean I've heard you know through my husband like Joe Rogan's podcast and stuff like that I'm really a big fan of Tool like Maynard and they're really good friends and Joe Rogan is extremely intelligent. And I, you know, while I don't agree with everything that he says, I, you know, I definitely, I love his passion and I love where his heart's at, you know, to let other people know, like, stop being shitty. You know, we, this doesn't, this isn't how it needs to be. And like I said, there's a lot of tool songs that really talk about this, that, you know, whether, you know, we have religious differences that, you know, we need to learn how to communicate or this is going to be our downfall, you know, and, we're getting to the point where we can, we can all feel the tension. We can all feel the impending doom, um, you know, and as much as politics are really stupid and just are here to divide us, you know, and, and keep contributing to this duality um, to keep us sick and poor and, you know, easy to control for whatever the agenda or the benefit is, you know, we don't have to play this game. It isn't Hillary or Trump. It's whoever we, we want it to be. We can be whoever we want to be, but we need to choose to be the right person. And while we don't need to be perfect and we still have a lot to learn, if you meet everything with love and respect, 
just on a human basis, regardless of what color you are, what orientation you are, you know, at least have the decency to just either be nice to people or mind your own business. You know, and if you have nothing, you know, I know it sounds cliche, but we learn these golden rules as a child. Like, if you have nothing nice to say, then don't talk at all. Do unto others as you'd want, you know, done to you. It's the same, It's you know, these rules sound cliche and stupid, but they're not. If we actually lived by those, I feel like we'd be in better shape. Oh, definitely. And Rogan has been a huge influence of mine. I mean, I've I've listened to that guy and all the different guests that he's had on. I mean, I just would go back and I would hear stuff and then self-analyze myself. And, and I mean, even to the mm-hmm. point where I've, I've, you know, I'm pulling myself out of a toxic relationship. I mean, most of the toxicity is probably because of me. Not that it wasn't warranted, but... I mean, it was just a situation where, you know, my my anger would was getting the best of me. And I just didn't like the person I became when, you know, I was around this person. And they just sparked more. They sparked. Ah, what's the word? Right. What, what, what am I looking for? It's it's. It, I feel like a significant other should should bring out the best in you. And when when somebody, when you're, when you're with somebody, you know, it doesn't matter whose fault it is, you know, what I did or what they did. But when you get to the point where that person brings out the worst in you and you, you know, as somebody that's supposed to love that individual are doing things that, you know, somebody wouldn't love you, that you would do to somebody that you wouldn't love. And, right. you know, and, and having a, a 19 month old daughter and just seeing her being scared and, you know, it just w- took me back to when I was a kid and what I went through. I, I don't remember, but I can only imagine if I'm, if I'm repeating it, then I must've seen it and I don't want my right. kid. I mean, we- and I, yeah, I don't want my kid to go through that, and that was and that was the last straw for me. I mean, it's not like I was beating her up, but I mean, you know, being verbally abusive and and bullying because you're just angry is just it's it's not okay, and it's not okay for for my kid to watch, and she's not going to grow up thinking that that's okay, and that you know guys should be talking to to women that way or treating them that way. Yeah, and being able to have that introspection to know that things need to change. Like I said, you know, nobody's ever perfect. We all make mistakes, um, especially when we get caught up in our own emotions. We get caught up in relationships, and you love people. And even when you know that things are just not right anymore, I mean, we grow. people grow apart. And just because you love somebody doesn't mean you need to stay married to them. It doesn't mean that you need to stay with them. Um, but to know where to draw the line, especially when kids are involved, is very important. I think a lot of people don't realize that. And although your daughter, you know, is, has experienced that, but, you know, when she gets older, if it's something that has seemed to still affect her, you can explain to her, you know what, I was wrong in that, and I want to do better, and I, you know, I did do better, and I made a decision to move forward and show you that this is not what it's supposed to be like. You know, and taking responsibility as a parent, um, you know, really shows your child how to respect you and that you respect them and that you can meet them on that level. Um, and I think that's really important. 
And, you know, I really commend you for that. And I don't have kids myself um, because I, you know, for me, I'm terrified of, you know, making the same mistakes that my parents did. And although me and my mom have had a lot of issues um, and I never thought that we'd ever be where we are now. um, I, it's, it's been quite a whirlwind, (laughs) you know, but when she apologized to me and, you know, you know what, there's things that I could have done better and I'm, I'm very sorry, but I do love you. And that meant the world to me, you know, everything that she had ever done to me and I am who I am because of her. And, you know, those things that were terrible, those are all in the past. We, we have every minute of every day of our life, we can decide to do something different. We could be in the moment being a complete and total piece of shit and five minutes later decide, you know what? That was really crappy. I shouldn't do that anymore. And time is relative. It's only 7.57 right now because we say it is. We're in infinite time and space. And yes, we die. And whether you believe in an afterlife or not, what we're doing right now is, is what we're aware of and what's important. And that's what we need to focus on. And in my briefing questions, I said, you know, we can't be dictated by the fear of death and the unknown. And I think that drives a lot of people crazy is being aware that we're going to die and that feeling like this life is going to be meaningless and having to force it to have this meaning. And my meaning is more meaningful than your meaningful meaning, you know, and stuff like that. And then it just becomes this convoluted mess. And we're all, you know, up in arms with each other when in reality, don't we all want the same thing? Don't at in the at the end of the day, don't you just want to ha- make sure that your daughter is safe, for you to for her to feel loved, for you to feel loved, you know, have the food to nourish your body, have the stability you know that you need, and have hobbies that you know make you happy and have good friends and stuff like that. I mean, that's all we all really want is just love and support and understanding, and that that doesn't matter whether you, what your skin color is or what gender you are we all want the same thing and we need to honor that in each other. And we don't No, no, you're, you're right about that. And I I don't know what that speaks to. Um, I just, I think, I feel like everybody is, is, well, I mean, like you're saying, but I feel like everybody is just in their own little, little worlds. And we get caught up. Like I know in my own life, I have my day starts at three thirty in the morning when I wake up. I get home probably about say three three thirty. I pick up my daughter, spend time with her. Her mom picks her up. I go maybe to the gym, you know, do this. You know, it's just there's not a whole lot of time, and I feel like if you're mm-hmm. a professional or you know, there's a lot of construction workers out there like myself. I mean, we're just going man it, it's just and not a whole lot, lot of time for anything else and yeah. there's no there I, I i don't feel like anything i'm doing other than making money for for you know to take care of my family but i don't feel like it's meaningful it doesn't mm-hmm. give me joy it doesn't I, I don't feel like i'm making a difference in anything and yeah. with the experience that I have with addiction and, and some of the other things that I've been through in my life and having to start over three times at zero, um, it, I just, my main thing is 
I just want to get stories out there of of people that struggle and put it out on how they got through it and you know what helped help them and maybe somebody else will listen to this and they may be going through the same thing or something something similar and this will help them and the more of these that I can put together you know the better and it's not about wanting to be popular i mean I, I, when i first thought about doing this I, I thought about doing this about a year ago and i was i was struggling one with the confidence to do it but two is i was i was coming at it from the wrong angle it i wanted it to be more focused around oh you've been through this or you've been through that and God, you're special because you've 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 managed to do this and most people can't do that or or this or that and and through listening to to some other podcasts I just I started you know you're not going to get anything you want by focusing on yourself. You need to focus on other people if you truly want to help other people. You need to focus on other people. And if anything's going to happen for you, it will. If it's supposed to, if not, who cares? You're helping people and that's all that matters. Absolutely. And I totally agree with that. And, you know, for, for me, um, a lot of, you know, random people come up to me and there's, you know, the people can talk about auras or energy or, you know, things like that. And, you know, I, for me, I definitely have like, you know, some, some, convictions in that as well. But I think what you put out is what you get back. Um, it's very karmatic. Um, you know, for me, random people talk to me and I'm, I'm a very kind person and I'm not here to judge anybody. Like I'm a weird person. I have crazy hair. I've a bunch of piercings and tattoos and I got a mouth on me, you know, I say and and kind of do whatever I want, obviously not, not hurting anybody, but I'm very myself and, uh, very outward about how I feel. Um, I will absolutely be a social social justice warrior when I can, um, and not to uh, like build my own ego, but purely out of the kindness of my heart. You know, I really want to see the human race do better. I truly want to see people smile, because I know what it's like to want to want nothing more than to die, to just have the sweet release of death and the relief of of all of this. And even to this day, sometimes I'm like, please, God, you know. Just take me out. Just let me rest, you know. But then you see people like today, for instance, my, my tire kept losing air for some reason. And I was trying to struggling to kind of put the air in the tire. And this was literally like two hours ago. And this guy, you could tell he had his you know, work shirt unbuttoned. You know, he had a six pack of beer. He was ready to go home. And he saw me kind of struggling with it. He stopped to ask if I needed help. He didn't have to do that. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know me anything. And obviously he looked really tired and wanted to go home and enjoy himself. And, you know, that right there, that restores my hate, my faith in humanity. And that's all it really takes. It doesn't You don't need to have some grandiose, you know, event to, you know, prove all this stuff to people. Sometimes it's just as simple being like, hey, do you need some help? Or, hey, you feeling okay? Or, hey, let me get that for you. Because nobody ever does that anymore. So even the simplest thing is like, go gasp. Like, what is happening? You know, it really throws people off. And 
like the other day, um, I was with somebody that smoked cigarettes and this lady pulled up and was like, Hey, can I get a cigarette? I'm like, um, well, they're not mine, but you know, but she goes, I really like your nose piercing. And I was like, I really like, I think you have really pretty eyes, you know, and she, her whole face lit up, you know, and it wasn't anything sexual. I wasn't coming on to her. It wasn't anything weird. It was just like, Hey, I like something about you too. And I'm sure she was happy for the rest of the day. And I truly meant it. And just small little compliments like that and not stepping on anybody's boundaries or making people feel uncomfortable, but just letting people know, like, hey, I really appreciate what you did today. And they, that goes so, 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 so far. And yeah. um, I, had, I had a lady come up to me in a dollar store and she was older and she was like, can you help me pick out a card for my mom? And I was like, okay, sure. And we were going through all the cards and I didn't know her, you know, I was on my own time and. I didn't have to do that, but I wanted to make that lady happy. I genuinely wanted her to pick out the best card she could for her mom. <laughs> and right there, I mean, just just do whatever you can to make things easier for yourself and for other people. And you can't always be selfish, and you don't want to go seeking out opportunities to help people for a reward. You you know, you want to do it for the right reasons because the universe doesn't care about you know, what's being said or done. What it cares about is your intention. And if your intention is to deceive and your intention is to boost your own ego, what's the point in helping somebody if it's just for you? It should be for that person. And yes, you should take care of yourself by all means. And self-love is very important and something that I need to work on and we all need to work on because we can't give from an empty well, you know. But, uh, when you're presented with the opportunity to help somebody and it's reasonable, do it. That's good advice. And I think that would probably be good to end on right there. What do you think? Yep. What's that? That sounds good. All right. Well, Rhiannon, that was good to talk to you. Do you want to, you know, plug your email or social media in case anybody out there, wants to uh hit you up that's you know having some experience with this or or you know difficulties or troubles or you know maybe maybe they don't know or they think that they might have some some issues like i said i'm not an expert i i don't know anything about uh mental you know any anything that has to do with uh therapeutic stuff i i don't have a license to do anything um, I just know about me and how I get through my stuff and, and, you know, you probably just know about you and how you get through the, the things for yourself. But, you know, if anybody identifies or resonates with your story and, and wants to get a hold of you, um, how can they? Um, you can call me, you can text me, you can email me. Um, my Instagram is amethyst underscore I S H. Um, feel free to, you know, follow me or direct message me. Um, my name is Rhiannon Stedman on Facebook. Um, I'm the crazy girl with the pink hair. Don't be intimidated. I'm really nice. Um, you know, like I said, I'm I'm not a licensed therapist. I have dealt with many of them. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm more than here to be a friend. And, you know, don't, don't be scared. Um, you know, I know that we have trouble trusting each other, and I totally get that. We live in a very scary time, especially – you know, with the, way, with the way things are going now. But I love all of you, you crazy little humans, and, you know, be the best you can to yourself and others. And if you feel the need to reach out to me, I absolutely want you to. And 
we're all we're all here for each other and let's do better so and likewise on this side if you want to email the show it's nowhere to go but up at nowhere to go but up now at gmail.com uh facebook nowhere to go but up now actually no the facebook one because it wouldn't let me they wouldn't let me put that on there because it wasn't a real name. So scratch that one. I forgot that. I have to figure that one out. <laughs> but I am on Instagram. Nowhere to go but up now uh, on that one. And I'm still working on on the uh, the web page and, and all that stuff. That will be coming uh, out as I release these. So like I said, I'm going to do about five of them and then start releasing one a week. So I have a little bit of a bank and... Uh, a cushion to get get some more of these going so you will be the first to know when uh when this when this actually drops uh on the live rss feed all right sounds good well love you guys um be cool and be kind and have an awesome rest of your night and you know that's all I really got to say. All right, Rhiannon. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Thank you for listening to the show. And thank you to Rhiannon for sharing her story and her insight with us. Uh, I enjoyed listening to what she had to say. Uh, and a lot of stuff that she said made a lot of sense. Um, yeah, so... Uh, hope you enjoyed the show as usual. If you got something out of this, please subscribe, rate and review at the very least subscribe and rate. If you don't know how to do that, just scroll down through your, uh, podcast app, um, on your Apple. I don't have Android, so I don't know how to do that on Android. I should probably figure it out so I can tell you how to do it if you don't, um, yeah, so scroll all the way down so you see some stars and then give me a star and that you, you know, feel that I deserve and that's it. Very simple. If you got anything out, out of this like I said, you can uh, always email me at nowhere to go but up now at gmail.com. Don't be afraid to send me your own stories of struggle or dating. And then uh, you can follow me on Instagram at nowhere to go but up now on Twitter at butt up now and the facebook page is sean dustin the podcast page is nowhere to go but up now dot com. that is l-i-b as in boy s-y-n dot com you can leave your comments there as well uh and as always until next time keep it 100 stay true to yourself everything else is just noise Thank you.